T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The news on David Johnson being out for an extended period of time might be the rest of the season. He's going to have surgery on that wrist. He's going to be out at least two months, probably three months. And if you want to think about an impact of of an offensive player other than a quarterback, uh, he's one of the biggest in the league right now uh, because of what he means that offense. When you talk about a guy like Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell always talked about in the same breath, but you lose Le'Veon Bell. You've got Antonio Brown. You got Martavis Bryant back. Ben Roethlisberger's right. still there. I mean, it's, you know, you drafted James Conner, still a young player, but you, you'll be able to figure it out. Uh, and with the Arizona Cardinals, you got nothing. You, you got a Carson Palmer's fading into insignificance. You got Kerwin Williams. You re-signed Chris Johnson, who's right. about 50 years old. Uh, so that team and that news yesterday was just totally crushing. Well, you have Larry Fitzgerald, but as you mentioned, can the quarterback find him? And can he find him on a consistent basis? The first ball game, six receptions, 74 yards, no touchdowns. Longest reception was 33 yards. I think he's still a viable option if Carson Palmer is right. But if is the word of the day, if he's right. And he hasn't been right, it doesn't seem like, for, for a minute now. So other than Larry Fitzgerald, who do you lean on? You lean on John Brown. Uh, I I don't know who the what other options you have on that team other than from a consistent standpoint, David Johnson. So uh, look elsewhere. Yeah, if you're into the fantasy stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you feel for David Johnson because here's a guy who is so uh, so talented, and first game out of the seat out of the gate, he's done at least for the foreseeable future. So you feel bad for him. It, it was amazing how much of a whole fantasy has on the game now, oh, especially when you look at how the, the it was an anathema to the league eventually mm-hmm. or, or initially until they said, we can make some money off of this. Oh, this man. can help the bottom line. And and the first thing coming out of people's mouths, not about David Johnson and his career or anything like that, not that the wrist injury is career threatening, but what does this do to my fantasy team? Oh, of course. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. Think about it. I mean, there's Cardinal fans out there, but there's more people with David Johnson on their fantasy team than there are Cardinals fans, in my opinion. Uh, and that's what I was doing all yesterday. That's exactly what I was doing. Guy's an anchor <laughs> on my team that won the championship last year. Uh, I'm listening to stuff. I'm reading stuff. I'm going over target share. I'm thinking about who I'm going to get <laughs> off the waiver. I was spent all day yesterday. It reminds me of this comedian. He was talking about being in the in the room when his child was born, and he was crying and all this, and, and very emotional. And the doctor said, it's going to be all right. He said, yeah, baby's fine, but look what it's doing to the machine. Oh, man. <laughs> He was more worried about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I heard there was a comedian with uh, a joke about that, and then we'll we'll get back to football that I always remembered, where he said, "When your your wife has a natural childbirth, it's like your favorite restaurant going under new management." <laughs> I always thought that was funny, Mike. No. Mike just buried his head in his hands. No, I'm thinking of uh, different restaurants I like. 
as soon as as soon as that joke happened, he just collapsed into a pile of depression and disappointment. Oh man! Uh, so, yeah, it's on the new man. Right. So anyway, your time. <laughs> and uh, Carson Palmer, if he was Carson Palmer of uh, even three years ago. You would say, well, maybe they have a shot. He'll he'll figure it out. You know, Larry Fitzgerald, you mentioned, uh, but he's also a, an, an older player mm-hmm. at this point. And as the season goes on, usually his productivity drops off a little bit just because he's been in the league. He's been doing it so much. Uh, but you know, that leads me into a broader discussion about how bad the quarterbacks were this past week. And we talked about it a ton yesterday in the NFL. And I think a lot of it, and Peter King wrote about it, was his main thing on his Monday morning quarterback because it was just so stark how poorly these guys played. But I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that offenses seem to be behind early on in the season. And yes. that's, that's not something that Peter King brought up. He was talking more about bad offensive lines uh, and certain matchups for the good quarterbacks that were rough in week one. But... It always seems, and back to fantasy football, too, it always seems at the beginning of the season we have to get a lot of real low-scoring games, not a lot of touchdowns, a lot of field goals. It seems like these offenses are behind. And then, like, week four or five, everybody's running all over the place again because the chemistry is there and that timing is there that you need in today's NFL. Well, even the best that's playing right now, and arguably the best ever, Tom Brady struggled versus Kansas City's defense. They were able to get in his grill. They were able to move him off his spot. And and so you're talking about an offense that's pretty much the same as it was a year ago when they were winning another Super Bowl, but they had problems up front facing that Kansas City defense. And you're correct. At the beginning of the season, the offense is always a little bit behind the defense. But I think you will see a lot of these guys, especially the Patriots, they will start clicking uh, eventually. I'd be shocked and amazed if they don't. Uh, but you, you got these fast defenses. Defenses are built in a different mold nowadays. They, they're built to play in space. These guys are damn fast. They are light. And, and I think you're going to see us revert to the power running game again. And that's what New England has done. They've had both. They spread you out and, and, and chunk it all over the place. And then they would unleash LeGarrette Blount on you. Now they have others in that place, in his place. Mike Gillisley, who you see down under, near the goal line. So – they would utilize the power game once they got within the red zone, and 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 so right now I wouldn't I, I wouldn't overreact to the bad play. If we see this becoming a trend, then yeah, there's definitely a, a time to be concerned. But clearly, and we've discussed this as well, the offensive linemen that are now transitioning from the, the college game to the pro game. How many times do you see these guys with their hands in the dirt? How many times are they firing off the ball? There's certain programs like in Alabama where they do that. Well, a lot of these guys with these up-tempo offenses, they're not putting their fingers in the dirt, and, and, and they're not coming off and getting to the second level and, and sometimes a third level to make blocks down the field. So you're seeing a different off- different type of offensive lineman, different skill set that's coming into the league. I think something else that was interesting with quarterbacks in week one is there was a lot of guys we expected to be pretty good, Russell Wilson, uh, Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. uh, Andy Dalton, and those guys were terrible to start the season, and then you had guys like Sam Bradford, Trevor Simeon, Deshaun Kaiser, even though the bar was low for Kaiser, and he was sacked a bunch of times that game, but he ran for a touchdown. He threw for one as well. He threw for 222 yards in the game against that Steelers defense. But those guys 
that played a lot better. Now, I know it's all perception because we're expecting so much from the good guys and not expecting a lot from the not-so-good quarterback. Tyrod Taylor had a pretty good game, uh, albeit against that Jets team. Alex Smith. Yeah, Alex Smith was great against the New England Patriots on on opening night. So, And your boy Bradford. Yeah, Bradford was amazing. That could have been the best game he's ever played in his life. So I add Scott Tolzien. Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> he, they cannot start that guy. They just can't. They he can, won't. They can't start. He will start. not start. You got I mean, for the love of God, please. I, we need to see Jacoby Brissett, and we need to see Deshaun Watson yeah. start. It just has to happen. I know Bill O'Brien is, is really quick with the trigger finger on his quarterbacks, but enough. Get. The, I mean, he's reached his ceiling, Tom Savage. Enough of him and, uh, and, and put Deshaun Watson in there. But out of those guys, we didn't expect – Playing all that well, is there one that you think is going to stick? And I want—I would love for it to be Sam Bradford, but usually that doesn't happen, right? At this stage in a career, I mean, a guy like Trevor Simeon, I could see, yeah, really taking that step because he's a young quarterback, he's gaining experience. But I mean, can Bradford be that good for yes. the rest of the season? I, I would think he can. It, it, this guy, if he has protection, can play the position. He just hadn't stayed healthy, and he hasn't had the protection especially a season ago. So, yes, I think he can he can be that guy. I don't think that's a one-off. Now, well, does it get harder down the, the uh, down the line, middle of the season, late in the season? Yes, because your body's all beaten up. But it goes back to protection. How much can they protect him? And this is the first ball game of the season. Now you see that they go, they're playing at a faster pace. We see that this is a different tempo offense. And defenses, defensive coordinators, they will plan for that. They will scheme for that. And we'll see how – Minnesota just now to help out their offensive line and help out their quarterback. But I think the, the guy can can do it uh, for an entire season. He's There was a reason he was a first-round pick. He was a hell of a talent coming out of Oklahoma. The injury bug is the problem. He was injured when he was at Oklahoma. He's been injured when he was with the Rams. And and, and now he, he goes to uh, two different teams. The Eagles uh, didn't play well. They didn't have a great offensive line. He's playing a different scheme under Chip Kelly and, and now with – uh, the Minnesota Vikings, if, if they can continue to protect him, I think he can hold up. You know, Dak Prescott didn't play terribly bad either. He made some excellent throws at times. He had 61% of his passes. But we thought he'd be pretty good. Though, yeah. You know. Well, you know, everyone talks about the sophomore slump. And, and, and I want to see if he can continue uh, to get better. And a lot of people think he would be better this year than he was last year. And you would think so. You're getting better, you're getting worse. We've seen people regress. But uh, his development... Uh, up to this point, it's been excellent. And, and so if they behind that offensive line, uh, he should be able to continue to get better. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we talk more about offensive lines now than we ever have. And I'm not sure exactly why that is, but it seems like we are more in tune as football fans into offensive lines now. Uh, and and, it, and it's always had a major impact on a team. It's always been a big part of the yeah. game. But you know, I, I wonder what it is. Now that makes us so conscious of it, it seems like the difference between a good team and a bad team is always up front now. A good offense and a bad offense. And forget about the weapons. Forget about the quarterback. It's all whether or not the guy has time or not. That's why I always, I always cringe when they have skill positions. Well, those top guys have skill. That center takes skill. Snap that ball and have a 350-pounder breathing down your neck as soon as you hike the ball. Yep. It takes skill to pull as another 
fat body from the guard position and run a counter OT or tackle position. It takes skill to block those pass rushers like a Von Miller. So everyone has a skill, but we don't talk about the interior lineman in that fashion. But it all starts there, and then you work your way out. Of course, the quarterback, I'd say quarterback, then the defensive line and offensive line. That's where you want to start if you're building a football team. And and everyone talks about the Cowboys' offensive line as if Ezekiel Elliott wouldn't have done what he did last year if not for that offensive line. Well, that's partially true, but the young man also has some talent. You saw the jump cuts the uh, the other night. The guy can change position and burst through the hole like it's no one's business. And there have been other running backs running behind that offensive line. DeMarco Murray, yeah, he had a dynamite season, led the league in, in, uh, in rushing totals, in rushing yards, but other guys played behind that offensive line. They didn't do that. So you have to have some talent, but it starts in – Interior line, you have that piece right. We we got something we can work with. Yep, kind of like you. We got something we can work with. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, well I, don't know, I don't know what that right means. So. You my offense, you my interior line. I did play offensive line. In I high know. School. Yeah, uh, I was not good. Guard tackle. Center. I was. I was a guard. Yeah, I was a guard. I played guard. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. You had to play both ways when I was growing up. Then we sorted we. Yeah. We, what did you, you play on defense? A defensive tackle. <laughs> Which one were you better at? Uh, it was equally horrible. <laughs> Both of them. Are, I'd probably say offense. I'd probably say offense. I was a little bit better at that. You come off the ball? Uh, I tried. There Grunt. was one game I was really good, but it was against a terrible team, one of the worst teams we played. There was one. If I could find the tape of that game, I'd love to have that because it was one of these defenses where we'd run. I mean, we'd run the ball constantly. It's all we did was run mm-hmm. the ball. We never threw the ball. It was one of these defenses where, as a guard, I had to go and block the linebacker every yeah. time. And this guy must have been like <laughs> challenged in a, in a way. Like I don't know what I couldn't believe he was on the field. First of all, he's playing linebacker. Yeah, he, he looks like an oompa loompa. He was like five foot three, a hundred and sixty pounds playing him out? middle linebacker. Yeah, it was the only game I ever played. At one point, I, I felt bad. I was like, "Are you supposed to be here?" Because I suck. I don't know why. Why I'm doing this? You felt bad. I did. That's a, but every other game I got my ass. <laughs> so they were asking you. You're yeah. supposed to be here. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. There's well, I'll never forget. There was one play. It was like a, I don't know, fourth and one, third and one. Ran the ball right. I got blown back so bad that I the running. It was like the butt fumble. <laughs> I have one particular memory. Playing guard, and as I just mentioned, we had to go both ways. So we're playing Sweetwater. It was a scrimmage, actually. And Sweetwater, <laughs> Texas, we went to Sweetwater. These guys were damn good. And they were running that option. And we were killing them. We were on defense. Oh, we were wearing them out. Oh, whipping that ass. I had to flip over to guard. And there was a, a, a shower, rain shower came through. Now, this is August yeah. in Texas. Oh, I can't. Ah. Deluge, right? Yeah, rain shower comes through, and then you could see the steam rising from the field. It was so damn humid. So we flip over to offense, and I was atrocious. <laughs> I mean, it was lookout block after lookout block. And I'll never forget our our offensive lineman, our offensive line coach, uh, Coach Phillips, Daryl Phillips. He was a hoot. Coach Phillips was a trip. I mean, he had some of the, the best quips ever. He said, we were watching the film, and next day, Brian Jones. You could have had a picnic and no one would have stepped on your sandwich. (laughs) And I I still don't know what the hell that means. But I I think it means you could not block to save your life. And and he was correct because I was tired from playing all that great defense. You flip over there and it's humid. 
and, and trying to block those Sweetwater defensive linemen. Nah, I wasn't having it. Yeah. I maybe that was my way of saying, just keep me on defense, coach. Yeah. Yeah. Coach told me I look like a, a monkey uh, having sex with a football. <laughs> no, he did. Yeah, but he didn't say having sex. It's something else. <laughs> Another word. So he said, like a monkey. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. I, I don't know. Are you flopping around on the turf? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think that I was. You got to love football, Coach. Oh, they're the best, right? <laughs> a monkey, monkey having blank. sex with Well, football. yeah, monkey blanking a football. So for some reason, that image... <laughs> That image popped into his head while watching me try to play. Yeah, football. I don't think that will earn you a scholarship. <laughs> no, no, probably, no. probably not. It's a, it's a good thing I can you need talk. To find some of your tape, man. Read, read some reads. We need to, What was your number? Sixty-four. Oh, sixty-four. That was my first number. Pop. Get out of here! 64. Look at this. Pop. No, Pop Match Warner. made in heaven. Play guard and pop water too. Oh yeah, middle backer and guard. Sixty-four. We were meant to be together. Yeah, seriously. Eight five five two one two four CBS. If you have a David Johnson in fantasy and you want to cry this morning, uh, go ahead. Eight five five two one two. Or if you ever humped a football like Geo, <laughs> give us a two, call. Two, <laughs> I just look like I did. I didn't actually do it. <laughs> That's worse than me and my my. I think it is, yeah. (laughs) Coming up next, the bogus update, and we'll talk staffing issues and how they affect the world. We're coming right back. Talk to Gio and Jones now, 855-212-4CBS. Andrew Bogus is here. He's got an update for us in just a second. We've got two great football guests on the show. Will Brinson joining us in just over an hour from now, CBS Sports Senior NFL writer and Ladanian Tomlinson. Hall of Famer now at the NFL Network is going to be all these Hall of Famers hanging out with us we in studio. Yeah, in he, studio in too. Stu- he's going to be here. Yeah, he's going to be here. Great story. You see that little house he grew up in? And yes, I did see that. He was a descendant of slaves, like a lot of us, and uh, they went and bought the land and and all. That's a great story. He is now. He has slaves. <laughs> yeah. See that's. What? White know, ones. I, I can't. I can't. Okay, what? I can't do anything. That's why that. we have a problem Thanks, with Brian. We, yeah, right. <laughs> Thank you, Bogus, please. <laughs> the Oakland A's <laughs> now have company. Here's the 1-1 one, one pitch to Cabrera. <laughs> a swing and a bouncer to third. Urshela gloves, throws, ball game. A record-tying night in Cleveland. The Indians have matched the American League record. They have won 20 in a row. With a 2-0 decision over the Tigers, Corey Kluber, the complete game shutout. The highlight from Tom Hamilton on Indians Radio Cleveland, the fourth team since 1900 to win at least 20 straight. They can break their tie with those 0-2 A's at noon Eastern today. The current A's ain't winning 20 straight anytime soon. Mookie Betts hammers one deep to left field. Way back and gone. Home run number two tonight. For Mookie Betts, as he almost hits it completely out of Fenway Park. It's 11-1. to That's Tim Neverton on Red Sox Radio. Two homers, six RBI for Betts in the 11-1 thrashing of Oakland. Boston's now four games clear of the Yankees atop the AL East. New York losing 2-1 to the Rays in Queens. Houston, a 1-0 win in Anaheim. The Twins pounded the Padres 16-0 And Seattle, a 10-3 win in Texas. The Dodgers, a 5-3 win in San Francisco, ending their 11-game losing streak. We needed it. You don't say it, Dave Roberts. (laughs) The victory also clinching a playoff spot. Carlos Gonzalez, a pair of two-run shots. 
to get Colorado a 4-2 win in Arizona in a meeting of the NL wildcard leaders. The Rockies now three games behind the Diamondbacks. The Cubs bouncing back from a weekend sweep at the hands of the Brewers, dropping the Mets at Wrigley, a three. Milwaukee beat Pittsburgh 5-2 to stay two and a half games behind Chicago for first in the Central. I gotta say this man to man. Hi, Ray Lewis, among the 11 first timers, among the 108 nominees for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Brian Erlacher and Randy Moss also among the newbies. The list gets cut to 25 in November. And John Jones's B urine sample from his July UFC fight also testing positive for a banned substance. A U.S. anti doping agency spokesperson says Jones still deserves due process. His camp maintains anything illegal was taken unknowingly. Now, he passed the pre-fight test, correct? That's what I heard. He uh, passed the pre-fight test and the subsequent samples after the fight were dirty. Uh, no, I thought he, his urine test from the weigh-in tested positive, but they, they, don't, they don't do anything until after the fact. They, they don't immediately ban you. So he, they, he fought having failed the test why would they let you fight if they know it's it's dirty? Uh, my guess is, and I'm just too far guessing, down the road. Well, like, what if what if you're if the test is wrong and then they called off the fight and then they let you fight so they know that this is the fight well, happened. With his track record, you're pretty sure he was dirty, right? Well, I also think that they go through with the fight. Everybody gets excited for it. They pay for right. it, and then this story happens, and not as many people care. Yeah, I, I mean, I just I think it's a business decision, okay. right? I think they also, too, care. there might be some of the tests that take time, and maybe you don't. they can't actually get processed before you go in the ring. I don't know. But hmm. who cares? <laughs> as I mean, Greg, who cares? As Greg says, I just got to... You gotta, care? You just I gotta, talk I gotta fill, about it no, in your update. I got to fill time. Oh, oh I gotta, a, you gotta that's get a it sink there. filler. It's a, yeah. Okay. You were, like, yeah. No. you were like Jim Carrey in the middle of that rant and just went, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. All right, thanks, Bogus. Yeah, my pleasure. All yeah. right, so yesterday we talked about this Ted Cruz liking of an adult film yeah, video. Ted, loosen up. On Twitter. And <laughs> loosen up, Ted. Yeah. Truer words have never been spoken. Yeah, that's uh, that's advice that needs to get through to the Ted Cruz. Loosen up. Same guy said, oh, when Obama's president, oh, they're going to come in and invade Texas. Jade Helm. <laughs> well. Idiot. So he, uh, his Twitter account likes this, uh, this porn video. And at first they say, we're looking into the video that was posted on Ted Cruz's timeline. Twitter has been notified. And now... The Cruz camp said that it was, uh, he said, actually, it was a staffing issue. What does that mean? <laughs> Inadvertent. It was a mistake. It was not deliberate action. We're dealing with mm-hmm. it internally. It was a mistake. It was not malicious conduct. What's malicious about liking porn? <laughs> it's staffing well, issue. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, the best tweet I saw yesterday was from uh, comedian Stephen Merchant, who said, my roommate once walked in on me having a staffing issue. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was pure genius. <laughs> Is that... Was he a half staff? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I just, at some point... Just own up to it, you it, yeah. freak! And at some point, and even if it was, Gosh. I mean, like a staffing issue, be like, yeah, one of my guys who runs a Twitter account, like, liked this porn tweet. I don't know what to tell you. So staffing whatever. Issue. I just want at some point in my life to peep, for people to just loosen up. Like you said, just don't be so freaked out and about these are the same stupid people. stuff like this. These are the same people crying, oh, we're too PC. 
Well, you're enabling it. I mean, just did it. Just say you did it. Right. I don't like him anyway. Well, I mean, even if let's, I mean, there is a possibility that someone's running his Twitter account. It wasn't him that did it, but just, I mean, a staffing issue. Staffing issue. Staff. You got to go staffing issue. Thank you. What? Be like some dude who I'm going to protect because the media will go after him. Like the porn tweet. There you go. Next question. (laughs) Which one of you guys here that's that's got the microphones in my face hasn't watched something like that? Right. Yeah. And what's wrong if I like it? We're we're okay now. I mean. It's helped stabilize my marriage. Everything okay? I mean, geez. Can I watch Fifty Shades of Grey? (laughs) Huh? That's so weird that you love Fifty Shades of Grey. I didn't say I loved it. I didn't say I loved it. I I was surprised that I liked it, but I don't love it. It's like I'm. both. You well, they were back to back. I had nothing else to watch. Yeah, okay, back to back. Girl, grab- that's a lot of Fifty Shades of Grey in one night. Girl, grab that rope and come with me. Oh, jeez. No, no, no. I wasn't into that. Oh. I don't like all that. No, no. There was one contraption on there. <laughs> there was one. There was just one that could save some marriages. Really, I'm sure of it. A contraption, huh? There they was, sell sex toys. There, yeah. There was one. Yeah. Okay. All that other stuff. The. the Horse whip and all that? No, You're man. not into that. Mm-mm, no, it's not you. No. Branding, you don't like that no, either. <laughs> the nipple clamp. No, nah, we don't know. Okay, who, need, who needs yeah, that? Who needs... Mm. Give me traditional, please. Yeah, Give no. me the original recipe. No, but there was one <laughs> piece of equipment. All right, we got you. We will... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, got you. Uh, so <laughs> y- yesterday uh, was all about Sergio Dip, right? Remember the uh, this oh, guy? This. So... He needs to watch some... <laughs> Maybe he does. You don't know. Uh, Sergio Dip. You got the name for it. Was the ESPN sideline reporter that went viral for his terrible sideline report. His ESPN deportes and English is a second language, and he just didn't know what he was saying. Oh, whatever. Uh, during the <laughs> what do you mean whatever? He just he was just bad with his sideline report. So then he posts this Twitter video we played yesterday, and he's talking about how it's nine eleven and God bless America. I was just trying to point out how. Two black coaches were coaching <laughs> against one another. I mean, That's the it, first time right, ever. As, as if they were the right, the first people yeah. to emerge Malcolm from the X and Martin Luther King, right, from the, the Underground side. Railroad. <laughs> that the, Vance Joseph, Frederick Douglass, and Marcus Garvey. <laughs> I mean, jeez, it's twenty seventeen. We still have issues, but I mean, like you know, black people do get jobs. I mean, Probably I mean, every now and then, yeah, yeah. Like occasionally. Yeah. Uh, so. But anyway, so he starts doing this whole over-the-top thing to, for like 15 seconds of a bad silent report. And the people that came to his defense yesterday were I just over-the-top. Now, I said it and I prefaced the statements yesterday with, I have a lot of respect for a guy who's right. bilingual yes. and is in broadcasting. But that is a different story than someone that's that bad at what he's doing. Once you get given that task... You cannot be that bad. It's just not one of these things like, look at him, he went out there and did it. And we're not talking about a guy who made a basketball team, you know, with with half an arm. It all went wrong. I mean, we're talking, I mean, he just, once you are given that task, now all the excuses are gone. All right? He was bad. He was terrible. And this was not about us not understanding his English. Right. It was not. He just didn't know what to say in that situation. I mean, he in that Twitter video, he sounded fine. He knew right. what he was. He was just bad. He was nervous. Yes. He didn't know what he was talking about. He got overexcited, and it was terrible. That's Hopefully, it. 
I'll have another chance. Oh no! Stop. So what I wanted to do was to show some respect. Respect for what? Hell, <laughs> need your respect. Like it's Damn. just he handled it perfectly with his tweets, and then it just went over the top. And and I and then to see Bob Lee right. on outside the lines yesterday, you know, active as if this guy was the most persecuted man right. in the history of sports media. I no, it well, was, Go ahead, I'm sorry. It was funny. Yes. That's why we laughed. It was funny. And no one was making fun of his ability or lack thereof to speak English. No one was doing that. We were making fun of the content, what he was saying, because it didn't jive with the pictures you were showing. Van Joseph wasn't over there having a good time. He wasn't tap dancing. He's looking down at his play sheet. That was it. First of all, you can't even find him. How about that? Yeah. Can we make fun of that? Oh, yeah, the wrong black dude. Yeah, the Initially. cameras. Yeah, the it's cameras. It's not about noise. being lost in translation. It wasn't about his accent, his dialect, anything of that sort. Yeah. It was the fact that he was nervous and he didn't know what the hell to say. And he acted like it was a civil rights march and, 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 Martin Luther King Jr., Ralph Abernathy, Frederick Douglass. All these cats were on the side. Yeah. This great moment for American history, this diversity of the NFL. Shut up. The biggest stage out there. And then to step in it again, Folking 9 11. Oh, I know. Immigration. Oh, dude. You were bad at a sideline report. What was that? You're not Gandhi. I'm bad. Yeah. <laughs> and be sure I'll make the most out of it. Oh, stop. Yeah. Uh, Bob Lee's going, you know, I speak a little Spanish, and one time they asked me to talk, speak about the soccer in Spanish, and I couldn't do it. I had to start over. I'd be like, okay, fine. And there's probably that. a bunch of Spanish-speaking people that were laughing their asses off, right. and you doing that, yeah. just like we did. <laughs> it wasn't about his ability to speak. It was the English he was speaking. Hey, ESPN sometimes, they just uh, like... Over the board. <laughs> it was funny, and we had forgotten about it until he put out that <laughs> dumbass video <laughs> trying to explain himself. He made it worse. Uh, Show some respect. Yeah. So every time you step in it, I guess we invoke 9-11. Uh, <laughs> back on 9-11. <laughs> I, mean, this is, I really would have done a much better sideline report. If this were September 12th. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all the emotions that I had going into this thing, talking about these, these yeah. two heads. And oh, by the way, not to ignore, um, I guess, advances when it comes to minorities getting jobs. or You don't want to ignore that stuff. But I do think that it becomes more normal when we don't point it out every single time. That's when it becomes normal. When we continue to point it out, like, there's two black guys in charge of something. Look, <laughs> then I, I don't think that the conversation moves. Like, there's been a couple of college football players or uh, basketball. There's a couple of guys who have come out as, as gay that we don't talk about because that needs to be normal at this point. Right. It needs to be a normal thing. Yes. You know, we didn't talk about Beth Moens doing play-by-play other than she was on that broadcast with Rex Ryan because a woman having a job that a man normally has should be an okay thing that we right. don't have to point out every single we, time. We should point out that they don't get equal pay, but the fact right. that they're in that position, no. Yes. I mean, I just, I, I don't. I, I, I would be so happy once we get to that point in our society where you don't have to point that out, but there's still some some untapped, some uncharted waters where that still occurs, but I'm with you. Yes. I'll be so happy when we get to that point. When it's normal and yeah. Sergio Dip doesn't right. have to, to shine his light on it. <laughs>
<laughs> Coming up next. Going to talk some baseball. Are we in the midst of the greatest winning streak in the history of America's pastime? Hopefully, I'll have another chance. Follow the guys on Twitter at Geo and Jones. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Stuff going on in baseball right now that is just absolutely amazing, bizarre, and historic. The Cleveland Indians have reached 20 consecutive victories. The all-time record, you have to go all the way back to 1916, the New York Giants 26-game winning streak. That was a team that I believe didn't even finish close to first place, believe it or not, after 26 victories in a row. The Oakland A's uh, had their 20-game win streak in 2002. That was the money ball. Yep, how'd that work out for them? Uh, they didn't do much after that, which which ultimately brings you to the point that you'd love to be an Indians fan right now. You'd yeah. love to be a part of that organization. They're red hot. They were in the World Series last year. Uh, they were one win away from winning the thing last year, right. and and they're they're right there. Uh, close to favorites to do it again yeah. if they're not already Vegas favorites to to, to get back there and, and to win the thing. Um, but th- that's ultimately what they're going to be judged on is 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 that. But I think it's probably harder now to do something like this than it ever was uh, because of the way the game is. You think about free agency, you're not bringing back the same players. Uh, and, and baseball also, I mean, how every day is determined on starting pitching and how fickle that can be. Well, especially in an age where you, the middle relievers, they're so important. You look at the Yankees now, they bring a guy in the seventh inning and eighth inning and the ninth inning. You got Robertson, you have Chapman, who was the closer. Now he's setting up Batances. Uh, and, and, and you have Kluber for Cleveland, complete games, shutout. I mean, these guys are pitching well into the late innings where – Today's game, you're set up for your starter to go. You're happy if he can get five innings out of him. Six, great. Then we got it from here with our bullpen. Yeah, and and that's that's something that uh, is never going to go away. <laughs> no matter what Rob Manfred wants to do, there's going to be a bullpen uh, overuse for mm-hmm. the, the rest of, of time. And if you think about what the Indians have done, too, in this streak, 11 in a row on the road. The fact that it started against Chris Sale, who's going to win the Cy Young. The Yankees are a playoff team. They went and swept them, or should be a playoff team. Mm -hmm. They are right now. So it's not like they had a stretch of 20 games against a bunch of bottom feeders. Yeah, the Orioles are the team that is trying to get in the playoff mix. They're in the second wild card within striking distance, and look what they've done to them. Yeah, and if you look back at that A's record, uh, the teams that they beat in that 20-game streak had a, a season-ending combined record of 44 and 526, well under 500. And only the Twins that year finished with a winning record out of all the teams that they beat in that that 20-game streak. So yeah, it's it's amazing. What's happened with the Dodgers is is the other. They finally got a win last night. Um, but Ooh. I don't even know what the hell to think about them. I mean, if, if you got a little bit of time. I mean, a handful of games to to get right heading in, into the postseason, and ultimately it might not matter. And maybe it's more of a mental thing than than anything else. But to be as good as they were, and then to lose eleven in a row, they were tired, man. You fifty games ahead of second place, you get tired, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, you get tired if you're bad. You get yeah. tired at this point in the season, no matter who you are. Right, true. No, that that has to be concerning 
to the manager Dave Roberts. Uh, you lose that many ball games, especially when you've been owning Major League Baseball, and now it's Cleveland and and with their pitching staff, I, which I think is better than the Dodgers. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because the Dodgers have gone on this slide of 11 straight losses, but Cleveland throughout the season and, and that couple with the run they went on last year, uh, they have to be the favorites to win it. Yeah, and Major League Baseball hasn't gotten in that mode yet to spread everything out to try to capitalize on cornering the sports market at certain times of the year. Yeah. For example, you know they released the schedule for next year right in the middle of a pennant race and and at the end of the season when there's a lot more things going on that are mm-hmm. more interesting. Now, I personally, I know you don't care about the schedule release. And then when the NFL does it, makes a big deal out of it, I think it's a joke. It's usually what May when they release it. Yeah. We always make fun of. Yeah, but yeah. The, the reality is that there's a bunch of people that really care about right. that. And there's a bunch of people that re- they, they go and they plan trips way in advance. Right. There's I know about four people, and that's conservative, that this summer went on baseball park tours. Like they want, they did that little. Yeah. I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna go there. Right. I'm gonna go to the, the hit the Midwest. They people do this. Yes. So why Major League Baseball doesn't at least wait till the end of the season after the World Series to to release it on MLB Network is is beyond me. There's certain things that they just they don't seem to get when it comes to marketing. Uh, well, they're giving you six months to get your trips planned because they started <laughs> back in April, man. So they're like, okay, you got six months. Yeah, I guess to fire up the Winnebago. All right. Yeah. For those uh, those baseball purists and 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 uh, you know those ardent fans, uh, this gives them some time to plan. I thought that baseball was going to have a tough time, and they will, but a really tough time recreating the excitement that they had last postseason because of the Cubs, and it's mm-hmm. not going to come anywhere close to that. But these two stories with the Indians and Dodgers mm-hmm. at least gives you something that I didn't mm-hmm. expect. To have now the the story of Cleveland unto itself. I mean, the Cavaliers winning that championship changed that conversation a little bit. But still, the Indians. It's not like they're winning every single year. So the fact that they have this streak, they lost that three one lead last year, and then the Dodgers. The pressure that they're yeah. going to have on them come the postseason. At least it gives you some national storylines that the Cubs gave you last year because you're never going to sniff right. the amount of eyeballs that you had on TVs during the World Series and last even year. if the Cavaliers hadn't won that title, would there still be the same interest in Cleveland going for a World Series title? I think it would be their first since 1948. There wouldn't be as much love and as much connection as you had for the Chicago Cubs. It's like they have fans all over the planet. And, they, of course, they came out of the woodwork because of that epic run and, and, and t- championship they uh, were able to attain a season ago. But with Cleveland, yes, you're mindful as a sports fan. They haven't won in a long, long time. But will you have that same fervor surrounding them? I don't think so. Probably not, no. And it's going to be the Diamondbacks and the Indians in the World Series. <laughs> telling you. Diamondbacks didn't come back? Diamondbacks and the Indians. Now, the Cubs, I believe, still in – in, in the uh, first place in the Central? Yeah, the Chicago yeah. Cubs are Barely. two game two games yeah. up on the St. Louis Cardinals and two and a half up the on, the, on the Brewers. Cardinals, they're like roaches. Yeah, They don't die, they multiply. I'll never, I'll never understand how it's just organizations, play, yeah. players change, management yeah. changes, even owners change, but somehow... Always in the mix. Yeah, somehow they're just, they're just there. Always there. Yeah. Go away. Right. 
Well, now that everybody, I know give that, me my cat back. I know that people have been paying attention to this this Indians win streak for a while, but the fact that it hit twenty, there's more people paying attention to it. Uh, so you know what that means that it's going to end today. Yes, it's going to end. Today. The people who are paying attention want to see it end. Well, no, no, not not so much that. It's just the second that you notice it, it's sort, oh. of, sort of like a no hitter. If you're watching a no hitter mm. or a perfect game, the second that you notice it, you're like, oh man, look at this. Then all of a sudden it's gone. So they they play a day game today uh, at home. Uh, afternoon on a getaway day, and this is where they're going to lose. This is it. It's over. It's over. You can. You You're can, calling it. You calling your I'm, shot. I'm calling my shot right now. All right. It ends at twenty. Y'all know who to blame in Cleveland. They will not get to twenty-one. Oof. I don't even know the pitching matchup. That's how confident I am. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't matter because it's over. Okay. Clevenger for the Indians. Buck Farmer. Man, who's got a six. <laughs> Buck Farmer. He's got a 6-3 ERA. Oh, well, of course they're going to lose. Uh, he's, been yes. up, he's been up and down a million times with the they're, Tiger. Oh, well, you got to lose then. Because uh, everyone's thinking, it's a no-brainer. Hey, he was good against the Blue Jays in the last start. One, okay. one earned run on five hits. Over five. He gave one against the Blue Jays. Buck Farmer. Watch. Bar- Buck Farmer. Buck Farmer. Complete game. Call my bookie. Complete game, two-hit shutout from Farmer today. Shut out. Yeah, Buck Farmer. You don't, even need to, you don't even need to go to that bullpen, Osmus. You don't even – just let those guys – give them the day off. Tell them they don't even know to show up at the park today. <laughs> you guys stay home. Take care of your go families. Go straight to the plane. Uh, go to the team plane. That's it. Come Buck's on. going nine tonight. Uh-oh. Today. Big game. All right. Cool. Coming up next, time to talk some college football. Really? You know what the early season is for. Panic. We love panicking. <laughs> it's Gio and Jones coming right back. CBS Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 